0: Snerdly on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio.
1: Indeed, it is. Welcome to our Saturday morning radio extravaganza with James Golden, a.k.a. Snerdly, here with you. If you'd like to be part of the program, 800 848 WABC is the number to call. 800 848 9222. And you can, of course, Wait. (laughs) I'm just kidding. No, you can just... We're going to take calls as quickly as we can. We didn't take calls yesterday at all uh, because we were uh, engaged with the Radiothon, which, by the way, was just amazing. This audience, just amazing. We doubled the goals mid-show that we wanted to uh, do, to accomplish yesterday. And at the end of the show, we still had people coming in. To help Cohen Medical Center, they deal with children, over half a million children from the New York area last year who needed emergency or otherwise medical care, pediatric care, and in, and they don't turn away children on their basis of the parents being able to pay. It is truly a remarkable organization, and I'm so happy that we participated uh in the radio fun look forward to uh doing it in future years god willing we're all here to do that and uh it was just incredible and thank each and every one of you who who took up the baton and also donated i haven't talked with diana me i hope she's a, around today because i sent her some stories and that i would love to get her take on so hopefully we'll be able to talk with princess di later in the program today uh we haven't talked to princess di this week no wonder the week feels strange. Uh, yeah, and there was an interview that the uh, Vice President Kamala Harris did, making all kind of headlines. Uh, let's see which one is this. This is the Fox News story in it: Kamala Harris interview with Charlemagne the God gets heated after after he asks who real president is. And I thought this was going to be something else until I read the story. And it's just it's just a nothing story. Charlemagne the God is just doing the typical Democrat talking point wisdom about Joe Manchin. There's a mention in this article about him saying that Joe Manchin Joe Manchin holding things up. Joe Manchin is the new boogeyman. Yesterday, the AP ran kind of a, a lobbying effort on behalf of the Democrat Party. Trying to pretend that Joe Manchin's the only one that can is out there trying to block the Biden agenda. Only one senator stands in the way of us getting all this good stuff from Joe Biden and it's old Joe Manchin. When in fact it's fifty one senators that are standing in the way of it because they're worried about the cost. And this one is uh this this Charlemagne the God, Mr. The God, has the typical reaction to politics that unless Joe Biden gets his way, black people are somehow or another going to be hurt. Of course, they never explain how, because frankly, I don't think they know how. It's just a talking point, something that sounds good. I've never really been impressed with the political analysis from Mr. The God It has never sounded anything but black conventional liberal liberal left wing black conventional wisdom is what you get from the God, Mr. The God, I believe, in my humble opinion, not anything that really is is terribly insightful. So he had come on. At least they didn't talk about hot sauce. When Mr. The God had Hillary on, she felt comfortable enough to pull out. Remember this in the 2016 cycle? She pulled out a bottle of hot sauce out of her purse to try to pretend that uh, she walks around with hot sauce all the time. Therefore, black people should elect her president. (sighs) Yeah. Uh, Let's talk COVID for a minute here, folks. We may get to this Mr. The God story later, if there's anything else to be said about it. As I said, I I don't think it's much of a story. It's just... Joe Manchin's going to hurt black people unless we get the big welfare bill from Joe Biden. Who's the real president? Is it Joe Biden or is it Joe Manchin? It's neither one of them It's not. Anyway, um, I love this headline from the New York Post. Defiance of Governor Hochul's mask mandate grows as all of Long Island refuses to enforce it. Well, hallelujah. I believe we're arriving at the point where even Democrats are sick of this nonsense that comes from some of their so-called leaders. Of course, the unelected, unaccountable so far, governor of New York, Governor Hochul, this woman who seems to have latched on to power inadvertently and now thinks that she really is the cat's meow, with this mask mandate, Democrat leaders of both Long Island counties have joined with dozens of Republican officials around the states to defy Governor Kathy Hochul's private sector mask mandate and boost the ranks of renegade county governments to nearly two-thirds the total. Now, that means two-thirds of the counties in New York are telling this unelected governor to take her mandate and put it where the sun doesn't shine. Republican Bruce uh, Blakeman said he would refuse to enforce the mask mandates once he's sworn in. That's out in Nassau County. Democrat Suffolk County Executive Steve Ballone said Thursday he wouldn't engage in a hard enforcement of Hochul's orders for this mask mandate. So finally, we are getting pushback. Among New York's five northern suburbs, only Westchester County, only Westchester County, is promising to crack down on violators. Or, and even they're not really saying explicitly how they're going to do it. But I think maybe New Yorkers have had enough. That's not to say that this variant, this latest variant, isn't out there. New York Times has a story about this, too and they their their headline is a question it says covid is surging why do only a third of americans have boosters well new york times maybe because the american people are tired of this non-scientific totally politicized approach to covid maybe america has had enough not just new york maybe People have figured out that they can no longer trust whether it is the federal government or state government officials like Kathy Hochul to tell them the truth about what's going on because they can read number one after all this hubbub about the Omicron virus that was coming over from Africa that immediately led Joe Biden to tell black people in Africa he did not want them coming to America, stay home, he singled them out, only you black folks, stay home. That is what Joe Biden said. Funny Charlemagne, Mr. The God, didn't pick up on that to talk about. But uh, anyway, after, after that, what we learned was so far, so far, The reporting, and I could be wrong about this because perhaps there has been a report that came out that I have not seen yet. But so far, the reporting shows that there has been one death, one death in the world attributed to this variant, the Omicron variant. That it is in fact weaker than the Delta airline, the Delta variant. And maybe that's why Americans aren't rushing out the door, New York Times, to go stand in line again to get booster after booster. In some cases, we're now told it would take a combination of four different shots to keep people totally protected. Now, look, I am not an anti vaxxer I have said to before, I am, vac- I got the vaccination, I got the J and J vaccination. And yesterday, there was news that the CDC is trying to warn people off the J&J because there have been nine reported deaths due to blood clots. Well, I took the J&J vaccination, and I'm not anxious to rush out the door and grab a booster shot yet. If I do more research and determine that, okay, maybe I should take this booster shot, then I will. I am not anti-vaccination. But maybe, just maybe, in answer to the New York Times question, why do only a third of Americans have boosters? Maybe because they've been following the news and have determined that they don't need boosters. Maybe that's it. Or maybe there's another reason. Out in Los Angeles, as it turns out, there's a delay. Los Angeles, and we had been talking about this in the weeks leading up to it, was supposed to enforce uh, um, their regulations in the school and that would have left thousands of students unable to attend school because they were unvaccinated. But LA has decided you know what we are not going to enforce that. And primarily the reason is they don't have a plan in place that's suitable to deal with the number of students who have said who have just said no. No, I'm not getting that vaccine. No, thank you. And these students are intending on going to school, and now L.A. County has surrendered and said, yep, yep, come on to school. Now, I bet I know the reason there. You do know that school attendance plays a big part in how much money you get from the feds. So if there are tens of thousands of students in Los Angeles who are saying, no, we're not vaccinated. And if L.A. County, the L.A. Unified School District, which is the second largest school district in America, if they tell these students to stay home and these students disappear and don't bother coming to online courses because, number one, L.A. doesn't have the resources to put together enough of these online courses without hurting their plans to deal with the students that have returned to school. If all of this scenario takes place and students decide, nope, not going to school because they don't want me there, the L.A. Unified School District stands to lose millions of dollars. And I bet you that is the reason why I'm willing to bet that's why L.A. has decided, nope, we're not going to enforce this mask mandate. Yesterday, during the telethon, I briefly mentioned a story about United Airlines. They kicked a Florida guy off one of their flights from Fort Lauderdale to D.C. He was wearing a, wet, a red thong over his face as a mask. They didn't like that over at United, so they didn't let him fly the friendly skies. Well, Review has a story on that that mentioned a detail that I didn't see yesterday. When they threw him off the flight, apparently dozens of people followed, or at least a dozen, maybe a dozen. Other people said, if you're going to throw him off, we're getting off too. And there was a story in one of the outlets today, one of the mainstream outlets, that two airline executives, CEOs, are now questioning whether these mask mask mandates are effective on airplanes. Because what they're saying is the air in the cabins of airplanes is now being filtered and refreshed every two to three minutes and, and removing the pathogens from the air. That air travel is one of the safest ways to travel. That you don't need a mask up there. Ooh, heresy. Heresy to the fear crowd. You don't need a mask. Heresy. Blasphemy. COVID is surging. Why do only a third of Americans have boosters? Cuz that's all because only a third of Americans want them, New York Times. Anyway, if you'd like to weigh in on any of that, 800-848-WABC is the number to call. The New York Times fired one of their editors. She was like behaving like Karen. Lucky Karen. Um, she went on a rampage, prof- profane voicemails, and tried to dox a pro Second Amendment group, and she got herself fired. Poor thing. A lot more news. A lot and anything else you want to discuss. We had an amazing. Report from Todd Binsman of the Center for Immigration Studies earlier in the week. I'll try to recap that at some point during the show today. It is astounding. Should be front page news. In fact, I'm going to try my hand at writing it up over the weekend because there's a lot that I want to add to it. It should be front page news what is going on at the border and who's paying for it. And that's what Todd Bensman has discovered. Anyway, James Golden with you, a.k.a. Snerdly. 800-848-WABC is our number, 800-848-WABC. One week, folks, one week. This time next week, we'll all be celebrating Christmas. Are you ready? Have you ordered everything that you wanted to order? Have you ordered my book, by the way? Rush on the Radio? I wonder. Anyway, here's the number again 800 848 WABC. Coming back to your calls right after this. This is TV wishing you a
0: Merry Christmas, and a Happy New Year. <laughs>
1: Christmas Day approaching. Hope you have the very best Christmas of your lives here at WABC Talk Radio 77. Donnie Hathaway brings us back this Christmas. One week, folks. Yeah, let's make this a very special Christmas for everybody. Let's head to the phones. Uh, hey, Kev, where do we... Good morning, Kev. Where do we start?
2: Let's head over to Andrew Stanhope.
1: Okay, good. Andrew, Stanhope, New Jersey. Welcome. WABC Talk Radio seventy seven. James Golden. What's up, Andrew? How are you?
3: See, I I had a bone to pick with you last week, but it's hard to be mad at you because you're so nice. And I always agree almost. Always. <laughs> but uh, The, um, it was, you were saying with the Johnson and Johnson that there were only whatever eight linked deaths due to blood clots. But my friend, my wife's friend, her husband, who I'm friends with, he just died from a stroke and he had blood clot. He took the Johnson and Johnson and the Moderna and, uh, I don't think he, he's counted. He's not counted in that, so that number is not accurate. They're not going to say why he got the blood clots, and it might not even be from the vaccine, but it could very well be from it. So it's a ambiguous number, and also the people you were saying that were saved by the vaccine, but they may not have died if had they not been vaccinated. They may even had mild symptoms. You know, so both numbers are are suspect and not you, but everyone says, "Oh, there was eight hundred thousand deaths," but they don't count comorbidities and also the two-year time period. If you count that with the flu of three months, a normal flu season two months, compare that to two years. So that's like uh, the numbers and the blood clots. What caused it? You know, his death.
1: He had. Yeah, Andrew. Listen, I'm so, number one. Feel free to come to uh, as you say, pick a bone with me on anything. I, I don't mind that at all. And I'm glad. In fact, when we have people that are thinking for themselves and want to raise an issue, you know, I'm great. I'm I'm all for that. So I love the way you frame this. By the way, because you're right, we don't know. And the way you framed it, we don't know whether he died from blood clots. If 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 so, what caused the blood clots? He took Johnson and Johnson and Moderna. Who knows? Maybe that combination is. We don't know. And here's here's something else. You know, um, I'm going to say something this might you might think this is controversial. I'm going to say this. And I don't believe my own belief system is that nobody leaves Earth until God is ready for them to leave Earth. That's what I honestly think. And whether it's from covid, whether it's from anything else, whether it's from walking in front of a bus, whether it's sadly from being a victim of a crime when God calls you home, there's nothing going to keep you from going home. Okay, that's what I believe. But that said, I think that some of the concerns about these uh, these treatments are true. I also was reading inside of another story uh, today, and there are people that are still concerned that the about the long term effect of these vaccines. What we don't know, and I understand people's fears about that. I mean, who knows what? whether in 15, 20 years we're going to be learning something that is a long-term consequence of vaccines. We don't know. We hope not. So I think there's plenty of reason to question. I decided after I did all the research that I was going to go ahead and get vaccinated. You mentioned comorbidities. If you have comorbidities, yeah, maybe a good idea for you. Maybe. But there are people who have already had it that don't want it because they said they've built up their own immunities to it. And those people are being ignored by the government. And that's what I mean. I think that people are getting sick of these government mandates because the government is not telling people or being just with people based on their individual circumstance. And I think a lot of people are just getting worn out with the whole thing. But I do appreciate your call, and I love the way you presented your uh, your your argument there, Andrew. Thank you so much. Where do we go next? Jason is in Levittown. Hey, Jason, where, how are you doing? Jason,
0: how you doing? How you doing? Good. I'm I'm a handyman. I do a lot of miscellaneous driving to stores and back and forth. And I've been listening to your radio show more often than others. I just want to thank you for your insight.
1: Well, thank you. Yeah.
0: You 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 know, a lot of people. And I can understand the point where a lot of people will go. Accentuate and go over the top. You you stop just before doing that.
1: And it's- <laughs> wow, very perceptive. I'm glad you know. You know one of the things that I have learned. Um, you know I've been doing a lot of radio interviews lately, and and some TV interviews, and people always hear, well, "What have you learned from Rush? What did you learn from being?" Le-? Well, one of the things that he did, he was very careful about not going. To as as I guess I would call it kook land on certain things or tinfoil hat land, and I just as a habit now I try to to gauge what I'm going to say and what impact it does, and I also have learned a lot from life. You know, um, you know, you live to get a certain age. You you see a lot. You learn hopefully things. And one of the things that I've learned is that it is so easy to characterize people as being something, characterize people of be as having certain motives. And the older I get, the more I realize that it is really difficult to ascertain where people's motives are, uh, even your own sometimes. So maybe some of it's just that I'm finally, as a human being, starting to mature a little bit. One never knows. But I thank you for that observation. That's very kind of you. I appreciate it. James Golden, A.K.A. Snurley, Diana, me, Princess Di, texted me. She is. She is not traveling around the provinces and the hamlets of America today. She's not distributing alms to the subjects today. She will be available to bless us with her countenance and appearance. So we will speak with America's Princess of Policy, Princess Di, in the next hour. I'm so happy about that because we haven't spoken with her this week. Anyway, James Golden, aka Snurley with you here. We're coming back. We've got more of you calls. We've got more news. It's it's the Saturday before Christmas, and all through the house, every creature was stirring, including the mice, the rats, the Democrat no, I'm sorry, don't go there. Anyway, coming right back. Don't go away.
0: Talk Radio seventy seven W A <laughs> B C
1: O oh, little
0: town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. Above thy deep and dreamless sleep the silent stars go by. Yet in thy dark streets shine the everlasting light and fears of all the years are met in thee
1: tonight. I hope this is your best Christmas season ever. And those of you celebrating Hanukkah and every other thing that people celebrate this holiday season, whatever you're celebrating, I hope you really have a great time this year. We deserve it. This country, this world has been through so much over the last two years with this COVID business maybe this is some time that we can all just kind of just take a breath and have a lot of gratitude. You know, a lot of remembrance for, you know, a lot of people didn't get a chance to say goodbye properly to their relatives who perished and in, including my own family. You know, we lost our mom and, you know, we couldn't have the traditional services that people had and all that. So people are doing it now amid all of this, but let's have a lot of gratitude. we have, somehow or another, gotten through a lot of the roughness. I mean, they're still going on. Yeah, Omicron is still out there, even though apparently it's nowhere near as deadly as these people were making out in the beginning. The Delta variant's still out there. In fact, there's a story uh, in one of the, it was from yesterday, that New York and New Jersey have the highest rates. Where is that? Here it is. It was in the New York Post. The Omicron variant is spreading at higher rates in New York and New Jersey than the rest of the country. Well, isn't this just great? You know, you got this governor running around, this unelected governor, and that Democrat governor in New Jersey. Well, you've got this, this Hokel person running around trying to stir up everyone's fears and demanding all of these um, mask mandates. And in other states where they're not doing that, they have fewer incidents of the Omicron. I'm going to repeat again. I read a story. Of, uh, it was two days ago, so the news may be now up, may be now updated, and I'm just not aware of it, that so far Omicron has claimed one life worldwide. Um, moving on, and I'm going to get back with your calls in a second. I thought this was a story. This story got kind of buried with all the other news. And I found it remarkable for a number of reasons. This came out of NBC News, a source that I rarely trust to deliver accurate news. NBC isn't what it used to be. And all you have to do is look at that, that excuse for a cable news channel to see what I'm talking about with the angry, bitter people over there. That only report news that they think supports, for the most part, their political agenda. But anyway, this is from NBC. It says the appeals court raises doubt about Weinstein's conviction. Say what? Now, there are a bunch of stories today. New York Post has one about the uh, actor Christopher Noth, you know, law and order guy. Um and apparently another woman has come out and said that he assaulted her. That now I think is three, if I have it right. I didn't print the story because, frankly, I wasn't going to do much with it. But uh, Harvey Weinstein, I mean, this is Mr. Me Too, and apparently a New York appeals court blasted Manhattan prosecutors Wednesday For filling out Harvey Weinstein's rape trial last year with what one judge deemed incredible, incredibly prejudicial testimony from women whose allegations weren't part of the criminal charges against them. Now, that is really serious business because that has the potential to jeopardize all that conviction. In other words, these prosecutors introduced testimony prejudiced against them against Weinstein that was never really supposed to be part of the case they inflamed the jury's heart in one case it says here by telling them that he beat up his brother during a meeting how's there how do you get balance out of that So the judges are now looking in at the actions of New York prosecutors who apparently just wanted to put this guy away. Look, folks, what we're talking about here, whether it's Harvey Weinstein, whether it's the January 6th people that are being horribly, from what we understand reports, mistreated in jail, we're talking about a two-tier justice system. If you become an enemy of the state, whether it's these local prosecutors or whether it's the federal prosecutors, if you become an enemy of the state, they'll stack the deck against you. If you're a friend of the state, let's say your name is Hunter Biden. Let's say your name is Hillary Clinton. If you're a friend of the state, then you get a pass. That is not what American justice is supposed to be about. And to me, this is one of the biggest threats that our republic faces. If people believe that they will not get a fair shake based on their political ideology, we have turned America into a third world banana republic. Because that's the way that they operate. Remember the the way when we were... When many of us were younger, some of you millennials and younger people may, you didn't live through this, so you didn't experience it. The way that we viewed the Soviet Union back when the Soviet Union was a powerhouse, you couldn't trust anything that you read in the government papers, Pravda especially, because you knew you weren't getting the truth. Well, today, look at what you see in the mainstream media in this country. You can look at the mainstream media organs, be they The New York Times, the Washington Post, the Los Angeles Times, Chicago Trib, Atlanta Journal, Rush used to call it the Atlanta urinal and constipation. You look at these mainstream organs and what they do is they echo the sentiments of the Democrat Party at all times. They're not giving you, to borrow a phrase, fair and balanced reporting. Now, let me also say that that is the history of journalism in America. But at least in earlier decades, they weren't pretending to be some unbiased source of news. That's what the editorial side was for. The editorial side was where you got the slant. But the news The journalism used to be considered, well, you have to address the basic tenets of journalism. Who, what, where, when, why. And leave your opinions out of it. Not anymore. Now it's mostly opinion mixed in with some facts. And a lot of stories simply are never told. Look at the way the Hunter Biden story never made it into the news stream of media outlets during the election cycle. That stuff is the stuff that Pravda used to do. That's what the old Soviet Union used to do. Now, you add to that, when you have prosecutors who have only an interest in, in taking on cases from, quote-unquote, the enemies of the state, be they a Harvey Weinstein or whoever, and then stacking the deck... Well, we're headed into dangerous territory with that. The fact that no one is looking at, seriously from a prosecutorial end, the Biden family's financial history with with China, with the Ukraine, and Miranda Devine's book outlines her book, Laptop from Hell, why they should be looking at it. When you look, I still can't believe, it still stands in my mind like a big flag, James Comey standing up and telling us, yeah, well, Hillary, we know she violated the law, but she didn't mean it. And this woman's still out here flapping her gums, telling us what she thinks of events, as if if her past is spotless legally, and it is not. Our republic is headed down a dangerous road when you have this two-tier system of justice when one half of the country has to wonder if they would receive fair justice if they were ever accused of something. It is a very dangerous place that we find ourselves in. All right, that's enough of my pontificating. When we get back, more of your calls. We've got a lot of people that want to weigh in on a plethora of things, including... The vaccines and the mask mandates and all sorts of it. So we're going to take your calls when we get back. We've got Princess Di coming up early in the next hour. So please stick around for America's Princess of Policy. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley, coming back to you right after this.
4: I
5: don't want a lot Christmas.
1: Carrie brings us back on W.A.B.C. I for all I want from Christmas need. is you. I, I can dig I it. Yeah, Kevin's rocking the music for us, the Christmas music, putting us all in that Christmas spirit. Christmas next week. We have seven days to go. This time next week, we will be celebrating Christmas 2021. And then it's over. Just as quickly as it began, and we're heading into the new year, you know. So, yes, indeed. Let's take more of your telephone calls here. We have a full board. We'd like to know what people are thinking. Uh, where do we go next, Kev? Let's go to Mike in New Jersey. Mike, what is on your mind? Welcome, to WABC Talk Radio seventy-seven, James Golden, aka Snirly.
5: Good morning, Mr. Golden, sir. I appreciate uh, your show and your book. Tremendous. Um, I, I just, you know, I don't miss any of your shows. You're just uh, a jewel here. Thank and you. Voice of reason. With that being said, real quick, um, I'm a retired pharmacist, 40 years in the hospital arena and a clinical basis. And I just want to let people with this whole side effect thing, every drug obviously has side effects. I mean, aspirin and Tylenol could easily be taken off the market. You know, if we went on based on that now, vaccines are a prime, um, offender, OK, back in the 80s, there were so many lawsuits coming in from the children's vaccines, the MMR, the Vax, the Muriavax, the DTAP, the polio, all these vaccines. It was so bad that the companies said we can't handle these lawsuits anymore. So they went to the government and said, we're going to stop making vaccines unless you do something. So they created this FVICP tax on every dose, which is a protective tax we pay seventy-five cents on every dose that we purchase in every arena, so that goes into a trust where people now can can use this as a a venue for lawsuits, so that we they could continue making the vaccine. So this this goes back into the '80s, and now we pay the, we pay for every single dose, uh, so that if there are lawsuits, we can keep these drugs on the market. But vaccines you know, are notorious for this, as well as thousands of other drugs. So um, I just want people to put that into perspective. Now, we don't have a system yet for lawsuits with the, the, the COVID vaccine, but maybe we should. Maybe there should be a similar system where people can see down the line if they have problems. So um, again, I just want people to put it into perspective when it comes to science wow. these drugs.
1: I had no idea. Thank you for sharing this, and I'm sure a lot of our audience that is not in the in the business had no idea that this is uh, that this is what was this is the way that it, uh, that things were handled on the vaccine front. Let me ask you a question: Robert Kennedy has Junior has made a name for himself, probably the number one anti-vaxxer in the country. And he has a book out now that is just, I mean, it is screaming off the shelves about all these vaccines. Can you speak to this? Can you I'm speak sorry. to, you're a pharmacist, you're a retired pharmacist. In general, vaccines, are they beneficial to society or are they not in general?
5: Yes. Um, you know, with that being said, I read constantly, I go on seminars constantly, I'm trying to keep myself updated and I have people that are infectious disease physicians who I still keep in touch with who are anti-vax and these are infectious disease guys. But, um, I try to read into it and I try to look at the studies and I try to not just look at the conclusions, but look at the amount, look at the, the research that's gone into it and look at the people that they are actually um, using in their studies. I mean, they'd say, Oh, it causes cardiomyopathy. Well, some of those people talk about predisposition. Some of those people in the studies have these, these calcium scans over 200. They're taking um, uh, beta blockers. They're already on other medications. Some of these people already have not just comorbidities. They already have cardiomyopathy. So when you see these studies and you look at just the conclusion, you have to look at what, how did they get to that conclusion, and what kind of of people they have in the the study, and who are they ruling out and not ruling out?
1: Um, Let know, me ask you another question, Mike. Now, again, retired pharma- pharmacist, you have you study this, you look at it. What do you think of the way the government has handled? This crisis from the standpoint of information that we're getting from the top, from people like Fauci and uh, from people at the CDC and all that. Do you think that they have done a good job in 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 helping America come to grips with this? Or do you think that they have have not doing a good job? And if, if not, why not? Oh.
5: Lot to be desired here um, when, when it comes to to what's going on on the government side. Um, again, I I don't know what to say. I, I keep my mind open and I try to not. I try to educate everybody as much as I can about the vaccine without going over the top. So, with that being said, I don't. If if someone that's pregnant comes to me and they're like, I don't want to get it. I don't want to get it. I don't sit there and say, Well, you're wrong. You should. I say, Look, don't go to the cdc and the nih and and all these these outside and the who go to the governing body of that particular specialty so you have uh in in particular if you're pregnant or have a fertility issue go to acog which is the like the american academy of 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 obstetricians and gynecologists and go to the uh society for fetal maternal medicine and Look and see and read what they say about it instead of going to these government, you know, and again, the WHO, NIH, CDC, they do wonderful work. But, you know, I I just think that that's not the place to get all your information from. You know, go to your governing body on that. And I just try to educate the people and still let them make their own decision. I don't I don't want to sit there and push people into I don't want to trash people. You respect their their freedom.
1: You respect their freedom.
5: Absolutely. And you can just educate as much as you can. And when they come up with something, you can rebut the thing and say, look, this is what you're looking at. But you got to be careful of what you're looking at, because, you know, read into it a little deeper. Don't just look at the final conclusion of a study and say, oh, this is what's happening. And that's what everybody's doing on both sides. But give people a chance to talk. I learn a lot more from people I disagree with than who I agree with.
1: Amen to that.
5: I, I'm, how am I going to learn from somebody who sits there and agrees with everything that I say? I got to I got to listen to everybody and, and and take it all in and try to figure out what's going
1: on. Mike, thank you so much for being a part of this audience and for calling in. You have I bet your views have helped a lot of people kind of put the way that they should be framing this and giving them uh, other options to think about too, especially going toward the governing body that you're concerned with. That is a key, valuable piece of information that you've shared with us. So, thank you so much for the call, Mike.
5: You are the best, sir. I appreciate you.
1: Appreciate you. Thank you much. We have time for another call, Kev. Where are we going? Let's go to Jerry in Northvale, New Jersey. Hello, Jerry. Welcome. How is it in beautiful Northvale today, Jerry?
6: I guess it's same as everywhere else. You know, yeah, I guess so. You and know, I- like, uh, cloudy and all that. So uh, yeah, what I was want to say I'm sorry about the passing of Rush Limbaugh because I do believe that he was very much a, a big radio icon, and well, I guess it's sad to see that he's gone now.
1: Yeah, me too, and we all are. We're all missing Rush this holiday season. But you know what? Rush's legacy is going to be here as long as there is in America. So I'm glad that we had him for 33 years, and but he is so sorely missed, especially around this time. Um, what else is on your mind, Jerry?
6: yeah um, no, i i I couldn't believe it when I saw it on news on t v last night that they had cancelled the rest of the uh uh for for the holiday season the rest of the shows that at radio city music hall yeah I, I yet I still see that there's still some Broadway shows going on i mean they said is this all much to do about nothing or what i mean I don't think I so. Did,
1: I was looking at a story about the radio city and apparently there's some issues that they're having that are specific. To that organization. It's a MGM production. And I'll have to dig out the story, but apparently there may be some issues with with the way that this COVID thing has hit that particular troop of performers. So I'm going to have to go back and look. I don't, I don't think that, I don't suspect anything I'm genuinely worried about make, having the ability to keep the show at the standard that they want the show at. But it's a shame because they were, they were close this year, and I mean last year, for COVID. And this is the second time that they haven't been able to uh, complete their season. So that's kind of sad. But, you know, there's going to be next year. And next year, hopefully, everything will be back to normal, I hope. I'm sure you do, too. Thanks for the call. Uh, do we have time for one more? Yes, we do. Where are we going?
0: Let's go to Anthony in Morris County, New Jersey.
1: Anthony, welcome to WABC Talk Radio 77. James Golden, what's on your mind?
6: Hello, James. James, I, uh, I read, I believe in the Epic Time, a very disturbing story about a, uh, a senior couple who had refused the vaccine based on religious exemption. Both came down with uh, COVID, and the wife quickly had to go into the hospital, the husband not, based on his symptoms. He got ivermectin, which he could only get from a doctor outside New Jersey used it, improved, and brought his remaining dosage to the hospital to give to his wife, who was destined to a ventilator, I believe, and ultimately died. And they refused to administer the ivermectin, saying it didn't work. I contacted a local rep of mine who's a very responsible legislator, and he said, well, they say it's protocol. And I said, well, how is that an answer? He says, well, they're afraid of being sued. So my point to him was, well... I'm in a similar situation to these people. If someone similarly situated in Florida can get this kind of therapeutic and be saved, and I and my wife, who are seniors and similarly uh, situated to this couple, can't get it, isn't that a violation of my equal rights and right to choose? Isn't there a constitutional issue here that's
1: being ignored? Mm, You just raised a very interesting, very interesting paradigm to discuss we got to run but that was a, that's an amazing story and i don't know what the answer is but we should find out james golden aka Snerdly, we've got another full hour to go don't you dare go away princess of policy diana me will be joining us shortly after we get back come back with us back soon
0: Nerdly on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio.
1: Indeed it is and ladies and gentlemen we are at that one week mark. If you have a history of procrastinating you might want to think about it now. Rethink it. I have one. I know. I know what it's like to say, oh, you know what? It's Christmas Eve. I guess I better start my Christmas shopping now. And then you head over to the mall, and the mall is empty because everyone else is at home wrapping gifts, and you're like, wow, this is really cool. Well, you know, some of the things that you want might not be available this year. We have inflation number one that has pushed up the price of many, many goods. And there's a story about the inflation that is surrounding the American economy. Stories from the Daily Mail a few days ago, 47% of registered voters believe Biden is making inflation worse. Well, he is. Only 47%? 22% 22% say that Biden administration is helping. 28% of people and nothing's making a difference here. 47%, Biden's making inflation work. Yep, his policies are. Here's a great little story, just a tidbit of news. Nicholas Sandman, remember him? He's the kid that was standing up when this left-wing activist who happened to be a Native American was banging a drum in his face. All the news media, well, the mainstream press tried to make this kid out to be some sort of evil white supremacist. He had on a MAGA hat and he was smiling as activist Nate Nathaniel, Nathan Phillips was beating his ceremonial drum. The black Hez- Hebrew Israelites were shouting slurs at him and his classmates, calling them incest kids, bigots, racist, all that sort of stuff. The news media went nuts attacking these kids. Well, today, yesterday, I suppose it was, NBC settled the lawsuit. We don't know how much they had to pay because the terms are private but now this kid and his lawyers are have been have been winning every battle that they set out. This, they have sued these mainstream media outlets for defamation and they're winning. And it's just simply a joy to behold. President Joe Biden on Thursday went on a Zoom call. And now the topic is voting rights. Again. You know, there are some students out in Arizona, I don't have this story in front of me, but there's some students in Arizona who are on a on a hunger strike and they're gonna stay on the hunger strike until supposedly they have voting rights legislation and then you have this talk show host, a guy I respect disagree Joe Madison apparently a few weeks ago said he was going on a hunger strike until and I don't know whether he's still on it because if it is he's he whoa he must be in must be skinny as a rail um if he's still on his hunger strike w- waiting for voting rights to pass now Biden and there's a renewed push out of some members of the Senate to say okay we got to get this voting rights bill passed this uh this John Lewis bill And I'm telling you, this bill has very little to do with voting rights. It has to do with expanding Democrat power using expansions to voting that were never intended to happen in America. Because they are obviously designed to make voting less secure, not more secure. And they also, this bill, and what the Democrats want, they want the DOJ the corrupt DOJ, the corrupt Department of Justice, to be in charge of the election processes in red states, in southern states, like we're back in the 1950s when Democrats ran it during the height of Jim Crow. That's what they're looking for, so that they can put their hands of their corrupt DOJ into these state elections, and Republicans, you had better never let this happen. If you do, you are fools. Because this is a dangerous move, that the, what they want to do. But anyway, all of these calls for some voting rights legislation, now supposedly it's going to be a big push. But then Democrats are also trying to go out and do a PR battle because they are worried that they're losing the Hispanic vote, so now supposedly they're making more noise about including, at all costs, trying to include immigration as part of their massive two trillion dollar build back better welfare forever bill. They don't care about the Hispa- They don't care about Hispanic people in general, folks. It's just a political move because once again, just like they did with Obamacare, they had a they had a trifecta. Remember, remember what happened during Obama. For those of you that weren't following politically, let me just run this by you. In those years, you remember Obamacare came in with all this business of hope and change, right? We have open change, and and then you had this, yeah, si su si puede, si su si puede, si su si puede. Hope and change, hope and change, see, somebody. Right? What happened when hope and change got in the White House? Hope and change told Hispanic voters around America to take a hike. All these issues that the Hispanic voters have been concerned about over the years, and by the way, there are a lot of Hispanic voters that want our border secure too, especially the ones that have invested the time and the money to apply for immigration legally and are very welcomed in this country because they went through the legal process. However, I digress. The Obama administration came in, they had the House, they had the Senate, and they had the White House, just like they do now. They had the trifecta. They could have passed anything they wanted to pass by way of law because Republicans were powerless to do anything. And those were back. That was back in the day when Republicans were too scared to even criticize Obama. They let Rush do all the dirty work for them with that. Rush Limbaugh and other talk show hosts were out making the case for the American people as to how the Obama administration was wounding the American economy and wounding our constitutional republic because many of these Republican, gutless Republican leaders, were too afraid to stand up. They were afraid that somebody would call them racist if they criticized Barack Obama. So what did the Obama administration do? They decided they were going to go after health care. And so we had two years of health care lives. Yep, we're going to have a plan. We're going to lower the average average cost. We're going to drive the curve down. We're going to be paying $2,000 less a year for your health care coverage than you are now. And so it was a lie. If you like your doctor, you want to keep, keep your doctor. All you got to do is sign this plan. It was a lie. And Christmas time during Obama's first, Obama's first Christmas as president, The Democrats shoved through, without a Republican vote, Obamacare. They shoved it down the throat of America's, this American Republic, with only Democrat votes. And it was a boondoggle then, and it is a costly boondoggle now. But they told the Hispanic voters all that, si su puede, si su puede, si su puede, to KMA. KMA. We don't have time for you, amigo. Well, they're doing it again. All during the election season. They were out trying to woo Hispanics. Oh, yeah. Get us in here because that evil Trump. Oh, he wanted to close down the border. And oh, boy. Well, already what we've seen is that the Biden administration has unleashed an an illegal immigration hell upon America. And what we learned from Todd Bensman this week is that United States taxpayers are paying into a United Nations fund that is being used to provide illegal immigrants coming up from Central and South America with debit cards and with some and in some cases with cash money so that they can sustain themselves as they break American law and bust into America illegally. The fact that this isn't front page news to me is astounding. We Americans are paying so that the United Nations can help destabilize America by bringing in illegal immigrants who would not otherwise be able to get into this country. It is astounding. But once again... To bring the political point home, Hispanic populations, the Democrats wooed with all this, oh, we're going to fix things? What have they done about DACA? Nothing. Supposedly, their big issue when Republicans were in office, they spent two years talking about DACA and how they needed DACA, and they were going to fix DACA and DACA this and DACA that and DACA everywhere. And what happened to DACA, DACA, DACA? Well, there's no nada, 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 DACA nothing. We don't care about DACA. When we get in, those Hispanic kids that have been here, brought here legally when they were children, dock this. We don't care about DACA. They've done nothing. They've loosened the borders again so that they can flood the country with illegal immigrants. But what have they done in terms of this so-called, this so-called pathway to citizenship? Absolutely nothing. So now the Democrats are out making noise, oh, you know, we want to include this, even though the Senate proletarian doesn't want it, we want to include Pathway to Citizenship in this $2 trillion welfare bill. They know that it is not germane to the bill. It's all political theater designed to make Hispanic voters think the Democrats are doing something on their behalf. But here we go again, just like with the Obamacare years, this time... The Democrats want to pass Build Back Better Welfare Forever, and they could care less about Hispanic voters and their concerns. It's a rerun of history. My dear Hispanic brothers and sisters, amigos and amigas, let me be really clear about something. The Democrat Party does not care about you or your interests. All you are to them is a political pawn. They want to keep the issue so that they can inflame you every election year and ride to the White House, ride to the House of Representatives, ride to the Senate on your back by claiming they're going to do something for you when they always do the same thing, which is absolutely nada. And they're doing it again. How many times are they going to pull the rug out from under you? It's like you're Charlie Brown to them with the football. You just keep hoping every time they get elected, they're going to do the right thing. And every time they just pull that football right, right when you're about to kick it over the goal line, they pull it away from you. So you fall flat on your back one more time. That is what the Democrat Party thinks of you, Hispanic American, my amigas, my amigas, my brothers and sisters of Hispanic origin. They don't care about you at all. You are a political pawn to them, and that is it. And if you look closely, you're seeing it play out in front of your eyes again. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley, when we get back, the princess of policy joins us, and then we're headed for the phones with more of your calls. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley, don't go away. We'll be right back. It's time for a
0: radio royalty with James Golden and America's Princess of
2: Policy, Princess
1: Dye. John Mellingham brings us back. I mean, you should hear some of the discussions that happened in, in, in between me and Kevin about some of the music. I'm not going to mention there's a particular artist he was going to play, and I'm like, oh, please, don't you dare. He's a left-wing liberal guy that, and usually that doesn't bother me with music because they're mostly all left-wing. But this guy's just been so anti-republican. It's just like, and so vocal about it lately. I'm just like, nah, we're not going to do that. So, and Kevin and I agree. So we decided to go with John Mellencamp, and now we have the Princess of Policy, Diana Me, with us. Your Highness, your royalty, your highnessnessness. Welcome to the program. How are you?
4: Thank you so much. It's wonderful to hear your voice. How
1: are you doing? I'm doing okay. I get kind of fired up about some of this stuff, as you can tell. Even though it's Christmas time, you it's know, a
4: good
1: thing. Yeah. Look, you know what, Diana? There's so many stories. There's a story in BizPack today that the feds have been uh, reportedly investigating that uh, CNN per per. I'm, I'm sorry, CNN producer for over a year. How come we haven't seen this story like break out all over the place? Oh, I did see something I thought was hysterical. I saw that there were some people from CNN upset because when Fox did a a picture of his mugshot, they ran the CNN logo next to it. They they did a little Photoshop and put the the CNN logo next to it, and that outraged some people on the left.
4: Well, CNN earned that. I, I think this is an outrageous story and obviously just the tip of the iceberg, This guy was a producer for Cuomo, um, his New Day show, and was clearly protected at CNN. And interestingly enough, uh, if you've been following Project Veritas, there's a second CNN producer that they've named as of yesterday, who is a, a CNN producer on the lead with Jake Tapper. And it's a very—it's almost hard to keep the stories straight because they're so similar. These pervs, these these near well horrible human beings, who have basically—I'm—I'm uh, I'm not even going to go into the specifics—but they have targeted children and children of women that they were dating and training them in all kinds of horrible
1: training them behavior. to be sexually subservient.
4: Yes. And and more than that, I mean, that's that's so the fact that this has been, quote, unquote, investigated for a year tells me that this guy and the other guy who was apparently also known for this kind of behavior has been protective within CNN. And I'm sure that we will be learning more about it from alternative media because mainstream media is not covering it. I read, in fact, that uh, Jake Tapper himself was trying to squelch the story of the second CNN producer. Really? Yeah. The gatekeepers of the mainstream media do not want these stories out. And there are many more, I'm sure.
1: Now, isn't this curious, because this just triggered me. You just triggered me to think about the whole Matt Lauer thing. I mean, the Matt Lauer stuff was so egregious, and I will not identify him, but a former uh, employee that of the employee where we both worked re- told me years ago that he, because his window looked out over um, the, the Garden Empire upstairs at the NBC building, that he saw Matt Lauer out there with one of these girls one day from just looking out his window, and he saw some things. And they all knew that Matt Lauer was engaging in, in practices that were, well, some of them knew apparently, that were, how shall we say, questionable. And yet, for years and years, this went on. So you're saying, if, I, if I'm if i hearing you right, that perhaps the same kind of we know things are going on, but we're going to try to squelch them atmosphere is happening over at the CNN?
4: Yes, it sounds that way. And you know, there is a, you know, a, a philosophy that kind of goes through an entire organization, and it comes from the top, how they're going to handle things. And apparently the philosophy of CNN is to turn a blind eye toward egregious behavior, including pedophilia, which, you know, clearly cannot cannot continue. And so I am glad that it, just parts of it are getting out, and hopefully the whole edifice will collapse over there.
1: Astounding. At AmericanWireNews.com, there's a story that two airline CEOs are challenging the mask mandates on planes.
4: Yeah. <sighs> Well, you know, there are two CEOs, Southwest CEO Gary Kelly and American Airlines CEO Doug Parker, who uh, testified before the Senate that basically masks. Don't add much because the air in uh, airlines is the best, safest anywhere, very high quality, equivalent to the operating theater theater and surgeries. That's how they claim their air is. and (gasps)
6: It's
4: the safest place you can be. Of course, you know, we've all experienced air travel and you you get off a plane and you immediately have, you know, some sort of cold or virus, but maybe they've improved their air filters they say it turns over clean air every three minutes and it eliminates nearly all airborne pathogens so you know the do you believe them
1: do you believe them
4: i believe that you know his their statement that there's really no difference with mass is probably true everywhere mass have been marginally shown marginally shown to help, but not nearly as much. They're they're treated as some kind of magic power. If you have a mask on, you're protected, you know, it's a very childish approach. But interestingly enough, Senator Ed Markey, who who was not happy, he's a Democrat from Massachusetts, not happy with the testimony from these CEOs. And he said the threat from the Omicron variant, the unvaccinated children under five and the fact that, quote, we still allow unvaccinated people on airplanes to fly in our country. He is upset about that. So therefore, he wants the masks on. And my question for Senator Markey is what about the secret flights of migrants who are the illegal aliens who are being flown on these same aircraft all over America in the dead of night. And so we still allow them to and they are mostly unvaccinated to fly on the equipment and then they get off and then, you know, regular passengers fly within, you know, an hour or so. So if Markey is worried about threats from the unvaccinated, he should shut down these illegal immigrant flights.
1: Oh, they'll never do that. I have a friend who's a pilot who. I can't identify the airline because it would place them in jeopardy. They have, been, they have been contracted by the government. He called me, he told me, to deliver these illegal immigrant children into various parts of the country. And he is just sickened by the way that this program runs. And, yeah, they are coming in. They're flying them into the dead of night. They get to their location 2 and 3 in the morning when there's nobody there, and they'll just let go. Here you go. You're in your new city. Have fun. I love it what run.
4: Rod- it is an amazingly complicated, almost sub-economy in this country, the transportation of human beings using church groups. And it is an amazingly efficient. Millions upon millions upon millions are being transported all throughout, mostly, I think, to red states because this is what they want to change the the voting population. But it is, you know, done in secret, and it involves a lot of thousands of people who are responsible for it, who are doing it in secret, and it's this shared secret. And I think it's a lot of the same people who are involved in ballot moving. It is a really... Secret economy that is underground, and I would love to see investigative reporting on it. But you're well, not you
1: know, Todd Benzman has started that. I don't did um, this week. I did. Uh, I talked with Todd Benzman, and yes, he. I heard that. Yeah, and he found these these debit cards, and he's like, "What the heck are these?" And these debit cards, it turns out, are being given by the United Nations, a group within the United Nations, an agency within there. And to me, Diane, I don't know how else to look at this. They are trying to destabilize the United States of America. The United Nations is actively involved in trying to destabilize the United States of America by giving financial support to people by the hundreds of thousands who want to enter the country illegally. And we, the American taxpayers, are paying into the fund that then gets laundered through the UN to help illegal immigrants break our laws. I do not understand why this gets no more attention than it does.
4: Well, it's not only money, money is part of it, but they also are involved in the logistics of it and the explanation of getting out the information how to do this, where to go and in other countries and then get funneled through the system. Now, interestingly enough, that reporting that you had on your show was very, very good. And I saw it was starting to take hold. And then a lot of the mainstream media are are now running fact checks on it and how it's not true because and if you read these long involved explanations, it's not that they're giving money. The U.N. isn't giving money. They're giving electronic wallets. And it's that's not you U.N. Yes, I know. But because your reporter mentioned Visa cards or debit cards, they leapt on that because that's not the correct term. You can't call it a debit card. You have to call it an electronic money. It's a distinction without a difference. And also, they were been out of shape at the reporting. You know, it's not really that particular group of the U.N. It's this other group that's not authorized, with the same name. I mean, they tried to fact check this thing. And you read the headline, debunks, you know, reporting. But you read the story, and everything in the story is checked out. I mean, they quibble with some of the terminology. That's it. But the reporting is sound.
1: Yeah, we're going to have Todd Bensman back. We're going to continue this. Actually, okay, last two stories are the same story, different sources, one from Fox, the other from The Hill. The Democrats are ending their year reopening old boons, and AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, says that it is delusional to think Democrats are going to get reelected without some of these liberal, progressive things that they want, these massive welfare uh, particulars that they want. Like like liberal like like student debt being all paid for and so forth. Where are the Democrats right now? We know Joe Biden came out the other day and said I, we're not going to pass the Build Back Better Welfare Forever bill before the holidays, but we're going to do it in January. Where do things stand with the, our friends, the Democrats, right now?
4: Well, they're fighting. There is trouble in paradise, which is, of course, good for America when there is fighting between the House and the Senate, the moderates and the progressives and the progressives and the Democrat leadership. And they have had a very bad week. Uh, The CBO came out with its analysis and that the BBB Build Back Worse Bill was not 1.7 trillion, but more like five trillion dollars. Which, of course, that was the last straw for Mansion as far as proceeding with the negotiations. So the BBB, which was promised to the progressive as part of the deal, that if they pass the infrastructure bipartisan infrastructure, that they would get their you know liberal left spending. Now that has really imploded, and it's delayed supposedly until next year. And the immigration piece of the BBB, which was also important important to the left, has been ruled out, as you mentioned, by the parliamentarians. So they don't get anything that they had been promised. And if you read close to what AOC is saying, she says, "Do not blame Joe Manchin." Right. This is what a lot of doing. She's blaming Biden. She reminds people that Biden was the one who told the Progressive Caucus that he put his credibility on the line to pass BBB before the BIF so that he would get them to vote. And this is what AOC said. They trusted him, Biden. He promised. It's time for him to deliver. So that is.
1: Wow, that's a BFD.
4: Issue. It is a BFD. The other things, not only would, did they, they also then changed the channel. They tried to say, okay, we can't do BBB right now. We'll, we'll, they hand-waved it away to the beginning of the year. We'll do voting rights. But they have to, in fact, get rid of the filibuster. And then Cinema, their other, you know, person who stands in their way, said, no, she wasn't going to engage in changing the filibuster. So they they have really lacked any forward motion. And that is what is causing them to fight with each other. Bernie is mad. He's he's calling he's calling Manchin and Cinema. He says they're acting like Republicans, which are fighting words to call anybody. <laughs> being a Republican and you've got the additional problems of inflation and COVID who are, you know, you remember the graph known as the hockey stick, yep. which was lied about as far as climate was, you know, going straight along. Then all of a sudden it skyrocketed to heaven come and it now looks like a hockey skip grass. If you look at inflation, it was going around, bumping around two to three percent for many, many, many years. And now it's up to seven, eight, and more. And same with the COVID cases. So the hockey sticks, we need to reenact and put them on Biden now.
1: I love it. Well, Princess of Policy, Diane, and me, let me wish you and your subjects, including Shirley Mike, a very Merry Christmas. (laughs)
4: You, it's, I love the word merry, that that is the traditional greeting that no matter what challenges we have, that, you know, our hearts can be merry and, and grateful. Those are the two words.
1: I know I love merry, to too. But, of course, I like watching the Tudors and hearing old Henry VIII say, well, happy Christmas. Have a happy Christmas. <laughs> so I have a happy and merry Christmas. You, too, James. Thank you. Diana. me, ladies and gentlemen, our Princess of Policy here. We're coming back. We have your calls. Don't go away. Talk Radio 77
0: W.A.B.C. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way, Merry Christmas, and your Christmas please come true, Happy Kwanzaa, to everyone of you the happiest year, have the happiest of New you are lovely,
1: of love. The one and only.
0: Chestnuts roasting on an open fire.
1: Nat King Cole.
0: Black frost
2: nipping at your nose You tied carrots being sung by choir and folks dressed up like
0: Eskimos
1: Everybody knows We're gonna head back to the telephones thank you Nat and then, um, you know, yeah, just do phone calls from here. We've got a lot of people that still want to weigh in on various topics. Let's start. Where do we go, Kevin?
2: Let's go to Frank in Boston, Massachusetts.
1: welcome, Frank. How are you?
2: uh, very good thank you the The act the proposed act you mentioned earlier is entitled the John Lewis Voting rights advancement act it's It's terribly dangerous because it it will force every town and and city to to get their their voting uh proposals approved by the civil rights department of, of the fed, of the federal government Gar, garland's department it's terribly dangerous and
1: i agree yeah and it's by the way it's not every it's republican state it is in in the south particularly that's who they're targeting because that's where they think they're going to lose the elections. And I don't. if Republicans allow this thing to go through, they are absolutely, I started to use a word that I can't use on the radio, but, but they're absolutely nuts. If they allow this thing to go through at all. This is one of the most dangerous pieces of legislation to ever come out anywhere. And it should never, ever be allowed to see the light of day. It targets states as if we're living back in the Jim Crow days where Democrats were actually the ones that were, were were turning on people, not seating black people at their convention. That was the Democrat convention. They refused to let black people from the South have a seat at the convention. It was Democrats. And now this John Lewis Voting Act acts as if it is Republican states that are doing this, and Republicans are still carrying on the, the traditions that Democrats used to do to suppress the black vote. Frank, you are absolutely right.
2: My town in uh, near Boston, though, is totally Democratic. And who knows what 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 they're going to put in here as well. I think it's, it's all over the country. And while I'm on it on that Merrick Garland, you talked once about the fact that he ordered U.S. Attorneys to put in the these uh, black lives matters books books in schools that's clearly a violation of, of his rights to do that it might even be a federal act of
1: extortion- now, let me clarify that because that's not exactly what happened, but let me just tell you what 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 did happen uh Merrick Garland and it turned out higher ups in the Biden White House colluded with the National School Board Association to call parents. Who are questioning this critical race theory business, domestic terrorists. What he ordered was, what Mary Garland ordered was that was that federal law enforcement would work with these local, let's just call it what it is, with these local Democrats to try to demonize and to criminalize American parents who had legitimate concerns about their children's education, number one, and their safety, number two, as in the case in Loudoun County, where a girl was raped by a transvestite allowed to use the girl's bathroom. They, Merrick Garland wanted to allow these parents to be called domestic terrorists. Meanwhile, his son-in-law has a stake in Panorama, a country, a company, that distributes some of these critical race theory materials in over 26,000 school districts in America. A clear conflict of interest. He has yet to be called out on it. His corrupt DOJ has yet to be fully called out and investigated for this breach that was was stopped, thank goodness, because of public outcry. But here's something else that should have happened. Every single aspect of his son-in-law's involvement and how his son-in-law could have profited and may be profiting from CRT, critical race theory, should be exposed to the American people. It is not. The only thing I will say, thank goodness, Mitch McConnell and Republicans kept this Merrick Garland, this guy that was supposed to be such a, a moderate. Thank goodness they kept him off of the Supreme Court. Thank you for the call, Frank. Where do we go next?
0: Let's go to Teddy in Yonkers.
1: Teddy in Yonkers, New York. How are you, Teddy? Uh,
0: good morning, James. I spoke to you last week. You said to me, Teddy, I want to continue this vacation, uh, this uh, conversation. Oh, Yes. Uh, do you recall? Of course
1: that? I do. You're my liberal friend who claims that all of us are on the right wing or, you know, we're right wingers.
0: Well, James, I agree. I don't want to be mis- mistaken for just voting on one side and having one point of view. I would have voted for John McCain over Trump any time. No. I would have voted for Romney over Trump any Oh,
1: you would have voted for the rhinos that most of us in our party. Look, here's the sad thing, though, um, Teddy, just so you know, most of us Republicans like me, I pulled the lever for John McCain because, I mean, that was the only choice I had versus Obama. I mean, really? Romney. Oh, goodness. Romney, too. And what disappointments these two rhinos are. They're such rhinos. Well, McCain is dead. Rest his soul. But, you know, Romney, oh, I, I hope he's not reelected out in Utah.
0: And Lindsey Graham is such a phony. Before Trump got the nomination, he said, he said that tr- electing Trump would be the destruction of the Republican Party. It would be the, the destruction of this country. And then he changes his tone from being an awful of being on, like a light switch.
1: And then Trump did so many amazing things to help bring America back, didn't he, Ter- Teddy? But, he's a,
0: he's
1: a but longer, didn't he, Teddy? The, the election, he Teddy, can, Teddy, Teddy the let's election. be fair. Teddy, who did a better job at the, the borders? Was it Donald Trump or has it been Joe Biden? Come on, be honest, Teddy. By securing the borders so that illegal immigrants can't just stream in here by the hundreds of thousands. Who's done a better job? Did Donald Trump or is Joe Biden? Be honest. Honest, Teddy. I'll
0: give you that then.
1: Okay. Teddy, who's done a better job managing inflation? Was it Joe Biden or Donald Trump?
0: The pandemic caused the inflation, Teddy.
1: I'm not what I'm asking. Who's watch?
0: Don't okay. all on Biden. We've had the lowest unemployment rate under Biden. Remember no, yeah. that, okay? Let's
1: move on. Let's talk about China. Who did a better job dealing with China, Donald Trump or Joe Biden?
0: virus, like Trump refers it to, China. You emphasize <laughs> that in such a, you know, China. way.
1: China. Who's doing a better job with China, Joe Biden or did President Trump? Be honest on it with china oh come on joe biden has collapsed he's just put his tail between his leg and let the chinese government communist government run amok okay i gotta go to a break but i want you to call every single week that you can because we need to continue this conversation you and i i love you teddy i love a guy with convictions and i like the fact that when you honestly had your back against the wall you did say well i gotta hand it to you yeah it was trump with the immigration and if, by the way, if Joe Biden ever does something like that where I have to hand it to you, I'm going to do the same thing with you. I'm just going to, I just don't think it's going to happen, Teddy. But call us back. Love you, man. Thank you. James Golden, a.k.a. We're back right after this with, with rapid phones to end things up. So be ready. Have your points ready. We're going to take a break and we're coming back with you, rapid phones. Don't go away.
0: Talk Radio 77 WABC.
1: Run DMC, homies from Queens. Christmas in Hollis, where I grew up. St. Albans, Queens, Jamaica, Queens, Hollis, Queens, you know the deal. man the very with my heart full of Yeah. All right. Rapid phones coming up. But first, let me remind you of two things. Um, Rush on the radio, the book that I wrote for those of you uh, who know Rush fans, you might want to consider that as a Christmas present. Yes, indeed. Shameless plug there. Rush on the radio. If you want a signed copy, we got to get it done quick because it's got to go out in the mail. Now, if you want a signed copy, you go to bizpack, B-I-Z-P-A-C, review.com, bizpackreview.com. You'll see an ad there that will take you through how to get a signed copy, working with Biz Pack Review on, um, on getting those copies to you, bizpackreview, B-I-Z-P-A-C, review.com, and you can get a signed copy of Rush on the radio. I'm going to be signing books all weekend, and then we've got another shipment coming in, Hopefully, I can get out before Christmas. If I can't get them out before Christmas, it'll be shortly after Christmas. Yours will arrive. Uh, Rush on the radio, and thank you for the reception for those of you that have bought it and said wonderful things about it. I've been reading the reviews. I didn't want to bad reviews, but for the most part, 99.9, blah, 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 great reviews. All right, Rapid Phones, here we go. Where do we start?
0: Let's go to Barbara in Long Island.
1: Barbara, welcome. WABC, James Golden, what's on your mind?
4: Oh, Mr. Golden. Thank you so much for picking up the torch, and I know you would have gotten a big nod of approval for what you're doing for us ditto heads out there. Very satisfying. My issue is voter rights, which I'd like to know your opinion on. I think the media is making it into voter rights so that people will confuse it between a bill to make our voting clean, streamlined, and fair on the one side, and voter rights giving giving um, voting rights to illegal immigrants and and, and and the
1: like. All you have to do, you're right. All, look at what's going on in New York right now. You see the first stages. Oh, they're not citizens. We don't care. Let them vote. I mean, really? New York? You are so dead on right. And then the other thing, Barbara, is what Rush used to say that they're trying to do with this measure. They are trying to muddy the waters and make it so people don't know exactly what they're voting for. You're dead on right. Thank you. Where do we go next, Kev? Let's go to Jeannie in Queens. Jeannie, welcome. WABC Talk Radio 77.
6: Thank you so much. Hello, Mr. Golden. I'm very concerned about the vaccine
4: booster and the way it connects to our voting because... I don't know how safe those boosters really will be. And they're forcing us to have all these shots and everything. And they're using this as a political weapon, the whole COVID thing, to keep us down. And, and I feel it's going to stop us from voting properly in the future. You know, they'll, they'll make it so we have lockdowns or whatever else. And then we'll have to rely on the mail-in thing. Now, Huckle is doing something. I don't know what she's doing. She's saying, oh, the mail-in isn't easy enough. What is she talking about?
1: She wants unrestricted mail-in, which means unrestricted chances to, how shall we say, have a less secure election.
4: It's terrible. How can we stop this? And how do we stop the other? By rising
1: up against this unelected, wannabe dictator of New York, Hokel By enough voices rising up saying, are you out of your mind? You are unelected. How dare you? And make it a voter referendum on her. That's how we do it, by keeping the pressure on her. And you are so prescient to bring this up. She is a danger to the republic with her stance on just open voting wherever you want. Thank you for the call. Where do we go next?
0: Let's go to Gracie in Rockland County.
1: Gracie, Gracie, we love you, Gracie. Gracie, make sure we have your number. We want to send you something, Gracie. So get Gracie's number. Merry Christmas.
4: Thank you, Teddy, for calling, because it gives us an opportunity to see how the um, the, the opposition is thinking. We have no unemployment. Unemployment is low. Unemployment is low is because nobody wants to work, so they don't count them. That's unemployment. Uh, how can you say Trump didn't do a good job? The economy would have been good this year if Trump was elected. Biden put these policies that ruined the economy. It wasn't the COVID, it was bad policies. And I love you. Thank you. Bye bye.
1: Thank you, Gracie. Love you too. Time for another. Where are we going?
0: Let's go to Julie in Pennsylvania.
1: Julie, welcome. How are you, Julie? And what is on your mind?
4: So, sir, uh, let's follow the science today. India's people—they're—they're they're allowed to take ivermectin, and they don't have a COVID problem. People of South Korea—the scientists there—they've determined what happens to the vaccine when it comes ninety-eight point six, and there are three nano elements—a disc a string and a pair of elements that we need to know know what they are before we put those in our body. Have a good holiday.
1: Okay, one week from today, it's Christmas, ladies and gentlemen. One week from today, we're in the greatest city, the greatest city in the world, in the greatest country humanity has ever witnessed. God love and protect each and every one of you. Let's have a great week leading up to the greatest Christmas of our lives. I'll be back Monday at 4. Hope to see you then. Bye.